And so 1 Samuel chapter number 17, very familiar passage, one of the first stories you probably learned in Sunday school. But I believe there's some things in it that'll be an encouragement to us this morning and that'll be a help to us. I want you to look with me in verse number 17. The Bible says, And Jesse said unto David his son, Take now for thy brethren an ephah of this parched corn and ten loaves and run to the camp of thy brethren and carry these ten cheeses unto the captain of their thousand and look how thy brethren fare and take their pledge. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the trench as the host was going forth to the fight and shouted for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had put the battle in array, army against army. And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the army of the Philistines and spake according to the same words. And David heard them. And you find those words earlier in this chapter. And we know how he was mocking and taunting the God of Israel. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have ye seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up. And it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him after this manner, saying, So shall it be done to the man that killeth him. And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. And David said, What have I now done? Is there not a cause? And he turned from him toward another and spake after the same manner. And the people answered him again after the former manner. And when the words were heard which David spake, they rehearsed them before Saul, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. I want to read that again. And David said, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Would you pray for me and with me this morning? Heavenly Father, I need your help, Lord. I know you're present in this place. I know that you're present in my heart and the hearts of of other believers here. But Lord, I know that you have made your presence manifest already. And Lord, I just don't want to do anything to get in your way. God, I want you to do the work in hearts that must be done. Lord, there's people here this morning that need help. People here this morning that need Christ in their life and need encouragement. Lord, I'm insufficient for the task, but oh God, be my sufficiency. Lord, please give me the unction and please give me the power. 
Let my words, Lord, not fall to the ground in vain, but I pray that You take and use them effectually in the hearts, Lord, of sinners and saints alike. Father, I pray that You get glory this morning. If we can come into this place, Lord, and meet and talk and fellowship and leave here without giving You glory, we've missed it. And so, God, I pray that everything done today would bring You glory. And, Lord, we just want Your perfect will in all matters. Father, convict each heart according to Your will. We love You, Lord, and we ask these things in a name that's powerful and effectual and in a name that's precious. We ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, I'm sure most of you knew from the reference, and I'm sure everyone knew by the time we read just a verse or two where we're at. We're at the story that we've heard so often of the little shepherd boy David as he stands in defiance against Goliath, the great Philistine of Gath. We know the story of how he took the sling and took the stones, how that God gave that uh, that little stone a divine homing system, amen, and put that stone right where it needed to be. And let me say, if you'll give God your life, He'll put it right where it needs to be, amen, and put it right where it needed to be and slew the giant. But the thought that I want to get across to you this morning, and I'll go ahead and give you the title in case you're jotting it down, I want to preach to you on staying in the battle. Can I say to you this morning that the Christian life is a battle? I wish that it wasn't. I wish it was easy all the time. I wish your flesh didn't persecute you and mine didn't persecute me. I wish the world made it easy to live for Christ. And I wish the devil, he'd just leave us alone, don't you? But I hate to break it to you this morning, church, but the the sheer truth of the matter is from the cradle to the grave. You're going to have difficulty. It's going to be a battle. Listen to how it's described in Ephesians chapter 6. Paul, writing to the church at Ephesus, says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, Paul wrote to Timothy and said, Thou therefore, my son, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And I would just say along with the songwriter, the old songwriter wrote, It's a battlefield, brother, not a recreation room. It's a fight and not a game. So run if you want to, run if you will. But I came here to stay. You're going to have battles in this life. You're going to have difficulties. And in fact, your day today is going to be a battle. Your flesh is going to make sure that it's not easy to serve God. I don't know about you. Maybe your flesh doesn't give you problems. It's kind of quiet in this morning. Maybe you don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe your flesh doesn't give you problems. But brother, mine gives me a fit, you know. I mean, I have to battle my flesh. My flesh wants me to do the wrong thing. And it's not just its not just the devil that sits on one side of the shoulder. It's the flesh. It's me. I'm my biggest problem. And we find that the world certainly is pulling us towards iniquity. Every day it seems like this world gets darker and darker and darker and darker. You know what we as the light of the world ought to do? We ought to just shine brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. 
But the fact is, this world's trying to pull you down and pull against the work you're trying to do for God. And the devil certainly, oh my, we're supposed to resist the devil and, and not to be ignorant of the devices of Satan and the wiles of the devil. Uh, the Bible says, your adversary has a roaring lion, roameth about, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, and he's got a bullseye on you. And so we're in this battle. And that's natural to the Christian life and the Christian experience and the Christian walk is this battle. And so the question is, what are we going to do with it? Can I tell you that we've got a lot of people AWOL in this world today? That's just the truth of it. That's just the truth. There's a lot of people that have laid down on the Christian wall. You say, preacher, you're being judgmental. No, neighbor, I've had my juniper trees too, and I know it's tempting. And I know it gets tough. But can I encourage you this morning and tell you that the war is already won? Can I encourage you in saying that the battle is the Lord's and not our own? That's what David said. I want us to look at about three things this morning, and I just want you to note them in, in your heart and in your mind. We see this picture of David as a young man. And he's already been walking with God. There's a lot that's already taken place in David's life. We find that as a shepherd boy, it was his responsibility to protect the sheep. And already he's slain a lion. And already he's slain a bear before Davy Crockett ever could have hoped to. Amen? And already he's been seeing God work in his life. And one day he is commissioned by his father Jesse to go and find his older brethren that are in the battle and in the fight. And to take a, well, for lack of a better word, take a bribe to their captain, amen. Some of you that have been in the military, you know that happens sometimes. Can I get a witness? And takes a bribe to them and, uh, and uh, to check on them and to see how they're doing. And the Bible teaches us that uh, David obeyed his father Jesse and he gets there and he runs to the battle and we find that there's an anxiety and an anxiousness and an excitement in David's heart. Can I say to you that at this point in David's life, we see that he loved the battle. I don't know why you were when you was a little boy. Some of you ladies never were little boys, I don't guess. But as a little boy, there's something exciting about the battle. I guess you don't see the grit. I guess you don't see the, the blood and the death and the destruction. But there's something exciting. You see the glory of the battle. You hear the great stories of great warriors. You hear the stories of, of, of great efforts of military prowess. And there's something exciting about it. And you know, the truth is, as new Christians, often we love the battle too. You remember what it was like. Maybe you won't, but I hope you do. Do you remember what it was like when you first got saved? And you could see the Lord working in your life, but you could also see the devil trying to work in your life too. You remember what that was like? You see, now we're all too backslidden. We just say it's just bad luck and misfortune and people treating you wrong. But if you'll remember close, probably when you first got saved and you had some old preacher tell you, now listen, the, the devil's going to try to stop you from serving God. And you let that stick in your mind and you began to look around you and your eyes were open and you saw the oppression of the, the devil and the oppression of the flesh in the world. And there was something exciting about the struggle because you knew that if Satan was trying to stop you, it's because the Lord was trying to use you. And there was an excitement for the battle. And many times as new Christians, we do love the battle. I want us to notice a few things that tells me he loves the battle. I want you to notice, first off, his faithfulness in the battle. Look with me at verse number 20. The Bible says, And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with the keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the trench as the host was going forth to the fight and shouted for the battle. 
For Israel and the Philistines had put the battle in array, army against army. And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage. And notice this, underscore this in your mind and heart and on your margin if you want to. And ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. Now you may say, well, he was sadistic. He had a death wish. He just wanted to get killed in that battle. No, you'll find out why he ran when you go earlier on in the passage because we find that Jesse commanded him to run to the battle. He was faithful to what his father had commanded him to do. Let me ask you a question now. This may cut a little bit. Do you remember when all you needed to serve God was the simple commandment of God? You hearing me this morning? You remember when that's all it took was to know what God wanted of you and you were happy to do it? That's faithfulness. David wasn't running to the battle for the battle's sake. He was running because his father had commanded him to. He wasn't running to the battle to impress anybody. Are you hearing me this morning? He wasn't running to the battle because it was easy. He wasn't running to the battle because that's necessarily what he woke up wanting to do. David ran to the battle for one simple reason. He said, I'll fight this fight if it's necessary because my Father has called me to do so. Can I tell you God's called you to live the Christian life? It's not an optional matter. God didn't say, now I'll save you, and then if you just want to lay down and not do anything for me, that's, that's your prerogative. I'll be okay with it either way. Now, you have a free will. And you'll make that choice. But you and I, brethren, God has put a call on our life to serve Him in prayer and in witnessing and studying our Bible in serving in any manner and means that God provides for us. And we see that He was faithful. Let me tell you something. Faithfulness will drive you when nothing else will. You hear me? If you're satisfied serving God just for God, you'll go when others won't. You'll do when others won't do. Listen, you'll fight when others won't fight. We see that faithfulness was a part of his life. He gets to the battle. And his older brother, you know, there's always one of these, amen? (laughs) There's always one of these. His older brother, look with me in verse number 28. The Bible says, And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. Isn't there always one of those that says, I know why you're really doing what you're doing? Isn't there always one of those that tries to discourage you? Somebody be honest with me this morning. Isn't there always people in your life that seem like they're trying to discourage you? Always people in your life. It ain't going to work. It ain't going to happen. You can't do it. You're going to fail. You're going to mess up. By the way, they don't ever want to talk about how they've messed up. They won't talk about how you've messed up. Oh, yeah, you've, you've messed up. You're going to fail again. You're going to mess up. You know what I like to say to people like that? So what if I do is mercies are new every morning. Failure is a part of the Christian experience as much as success is. Failure, you know what the Bible says? A just man, though he falls seven times, yet shall the Lord lift him up. You know what that tells me? Even a just man's going to fall and fail at times. Even a man living for God or a woman living for God is going to mess up. Failure is a part of the ride. It's a part of the journey. And there's always those that try to discourage you. But I like what David says here. Look at verse number 29. This is famous. I think it's one of the most quoted verses from the life of David. And David said, What have I now done? 
is there not a cause? I want to say that we see his love for the battle in his faithfulness. But I want to say we see the love of the battle because he was focused. He was focused. Listen to me real close this morning, church. You know what David was saying? He said, I don't care what you think about it. I don't care what anyone else in this battle thinks about it. I don't care what anyone in our lives think about it. This is a worthy cause that's worthy of being fought. Let me tell you something this morning, church. Serving God is a worthy thing. It's worthy. It's not just worth it. It's worthy. Living for God is a worthy thing. There is a cause. Now, I'm sure they would have looked at David and said, David, what you're wanting to do is impossible. And certainly as this little scrawny teenage boy, even in the armor of Saul, it would have been impossible. But if they had known that David was going to take that little sling that he had used, drive away wolves and squirrels, all manner of creatures from the forest, and take that uh, that sling and go up against this skilled warrior, this man that had been trained from the grave. This man, by the way, in some ways Goliath pictures the Antichrist, but in a lot